This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Bev's Video Kingdom is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Bev's Video Kingdom really is brought to you by... What the fuck? What's up, dude? One of my renters broke the toilet again. That dude takes giant shits. I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Why don't you hire a property management company or something to take care of that stuff? Because they suck, and they take 10%. You know, our dude Hank owns and manages Heritage Realty Partners. I think he said he only charges 5%, and he visits each property at least once a month. That's right. He's always posting beers from the road. You have his number? Actually, I do. His personal number is 805-451-5734. Perfect. Now he can deal with my renter's big shits. Heritage Realty Partners. For all your property management and investment needs. This episode of BBK is brought to you by Missing Page Mysteries from Greenway Publishing Company. Hi, I'm Walter Hobbs, and if you're tired of your kids getting too excited about reading, you've come to the right place. Greenway Publishing Company, where we're about to revolutionize bedtime stories with our, our groundbreaking series, Missing Page Mysteries. Prepare your kids for an unforgettable adventure where the real mystery isn't the plot, but which page will decide to pull a disappearing act next. It's like a literary magic show, except no one claps. Our first installment, The Confounding Case of the Absent Astronaut, takes your child on a cosmic journey filled with plot holes, space-time anomalies, and the thrill of trying to piece together a narrative with pages missing. Astrophysics for toddlers? Why not? Join the perplexity parade at Greenway Publishing because who needs fully comprehensible stories when you can have the joy of guessing what might have happened on that mysteriously absent page. All of this is Walter Hobbs approved because I really don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like choose your own shitty adventure. Yeah. That's kind of a neat idea. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> what up, folks? What up, BBK? It is, you know, it is jingle bell season. Mm. Jingle the bells if you got them. Um, yeah. Hey, folks, we are about to talk about the movie Elf. And I know uh, uh, I'm going to start this off right now going a little bit hard in the paint because when we started this pod, you know, we had listened to the rewatchables. We all kind of had an affinity for that podcast. And uh, I think all of us are, are members of the uh, uh, the rewatchables Facebook group where mm-hmm. a lot of folks talk movies. And people just love to make hot takes about Christmas movies. And, of course, somebody was going hard that – I just watched this movie elf and it's shit and just kind of just shitting on this movie. Mm-hmm. And then the second one that, that people like jumped in on is the movie we're going to do next week, which is a Christmas story. And just okay. people are going hard on those movies. And I'm like, 
man, I just don't think I could be friends with any of those people. So, well, I mean, I, I could have, I could understand having an opinion on this movie, and we'll get into that a little bit, I'm sure. But a Christmas story? How can you? How can anybody ever think? Oh, badly so you're you're, Christmas you're on story? one so side we'll, of the fence and the so other side. I, yeah, of the we'll, fence. we'll. Okay, I guess we'll get into that later. Interesting. But, uh, All right, folks, we're talking about Elf. Um, I'm here, Nate. How you doing, man? I'm here. Okay, you're here too. <laughs> what are you looking for? We're both here. I'm here. I'm present. Present. Zach, Zach are you here? I am here. <laughs> Scotch. You know I'm here. I'm, I'm excited to be here, Brad. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, hey, folks, we're talking about a movie that came out in 2003. 2003. And you know what? It's one of those movies that I like to say kind of revived the Christmas movie because I feel like you kind of had a, a stagnation of Christmas movies for a while. I think a lot of the ones I really dug were like in the 80s and, and at least early 90s. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden things kind of like fall off for a second and then boom, here comes Elf and it kind of like revitalizes the whole Christmas movie, Christmas comedy, something that the whole family can sit around and enjoy. And I think it's a, a classic. Well, let me, let me ask you this though. Revitalization assumes that like, or presumes that it somehow like brought back a genre. What since then has, you know what I mean? Like, it feels like it might be a little flash in the pan. What, what do you like that has come after Elf? Because what year are we talking? 2003. Which is a long fucking time ago, man. 20 years. Yeah, this year is the 20-year anniversary of this of this film. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's, you know, you're right, I guess. I mean, I just feel like a lot of Christmas going, not that I like them. I think that all of a sudden you had kind of a... Well, yeah, the, a, Tim, the Tim Allen movies, the Santa Claus movies, right? Those were all kind of mid-90s. Right. Um, Christmas with the Crumps. I'm not remember when that came out. Yeah. yeah um, but that's pretty, I mean... Four Christmases came out. You know, there there have been quite a few. I don't know the years of all these. I might be saying yeah. they were before this. Happened. I don't know that there's anything that's come out since then that I'm like, yeah, that. There's been a few that I've enjoyed. In fact, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy them, but like I would say, I mean... Every one of the movies that's on, so Four Christmases, which I really like. I know that there's been some controversy in oh, the previous podcasts, yeah, but I like that movie. Yeah. That's 2008. We had fun with that one last year. Yeah. Go back to our podcast. They talked a bunch of shit on it, Nate, and you weren't here to Nate wasn't me. here. Yeah. <laughs> it was just me and Brad shitting all just, over it. I was just doing elbow drops like the fucking brothers. When I watched that movie, because Nate was like, we were going to watch this movie, and I watched it, and I was like, oh, so good. At least Nate will like it. And then he wasn't here, and then these guys were like, fuck you, this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. That's that's pretty much how that shit went down. So I, I did like Office Christmas Party, uh, which is a totally different kind of movie. And there's like Bad Mom's Christmas. So there have been a few adultier Christmas movies, but are we, you know, if we're talking about stuff that's really, I'm talking about the family classic, the one that I you're going to every, every Christmas, you're going to put this on. This is in my, and, and, and you, that brings up a good point. You, you actually have, you've hit on the head. Cause like now I'm thinking about what movie do we, I, is a must watch. I was going to ask you this question that yeah. came out after elf and they're all coming out on streaming services. Now they come and go so quickly. No one sees my, them. My it's wife and daughter, they watch all of them. Like they, mm-hmm. they're, they're like, okay, here's the three new ones that came out and then we're going to go back, but and they're watch not them going to the movie theater to see them. It's not like an event where you get the whole family together. Right. And you get popcorn and you go to the movie in the, in the Christmas time. Like that was a thing for a long time and it's not a thing anymore. I don't believe I went and saw Elf at the theater, though. As much as I like this I mean, movie, I do not think I went like and like. I mean, I don't 2003, think it was a huge hit, was it? I'm 23 years old, so it's like I'm not really Wait, jumping. The question you just asked was this a big hit? This movie? 
So I, I don't think it was a big hit in the theater necessarily. 222, 225 million dollars. In the theater. Yes. That's the box office. Damn, box so box it office. killed it, killed bro. It. On, yeah. a, on, a, on a reasonably small budget. I think most of the, mo- the money went to Will Ferrell, I'm sure. So, but it was 33 million. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess for me, I would say, I would counter Zach's point entirely, which is, I think, I, I should say, for me, what makes a Christmas movie like really iconic is that you want to put it on in your home every year. Right. right. So right. I agree that like there was a time when going to the movies to see a Christmas movie was a big deal, but most of those, right, even the classics, right, I mean, that's few and far between. You still, I think you can still go see a fun Christmas movie even though it's not going to be a classic because the experience of going to the, th- at the time of going to the theater with your family was a cool one. Right. Especially when you're young. Like, I mean, we're all of an age. I mean, 2003, I guess we were all like pretty old. So I guess it makes sense that we wouldn't go see that with our family. But like, I feel like there's some movies that like, were like, but I, and, and honestly, like now I can't think of them. Like what are some good Christmas <laughs> movies that like, I feel like I saw the Tim Allen one, mm-hmm. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Yeah. That's I from feel like that. maybe are- I saw that. Yeah. I would have seen that in the theater. I mean, but if you look at, I mean, I'm, I'm just scrolling through some movies. The Holiday would be one that people would talk about, but that's much more of a romantic. That's like comedy. romantic comedy. And for I don't sure. even think of well, that as much of a Christmas movie. Well, that's I, I think Elf. That here's here's the thing. What I, I'm going to qualify it is that I think Elf is one of those movies that you're going to want to show your kids. Like that was this is one of the movies when my kids were starting to be of age, just kind of like you're waiting movies. for when can they I'm see like, Elf? I want to I want to show them Elf, yep. and and I think it was like early age because this movie is is very. There's nothing really confrontational or, or controversial about this movie at all. So can I share my experience showing Elf to my kids? I've shared it before. Yeah, yeah. We, we got to hear the story. I, I called my kids out. We're going to watch this Christmas movie. It's so good, you guys. It's so funny. You guys are going to love it. My kids fucking hated it. And like, <laughs> there was no redeeming. Like, there wasn't. Like, <sighs> Do you think there's any reason? Like, can when you think back about this, like, is there anything that you can think of, like, why it didn't hit? Or like, I just think that you have to be of a certain time and age to get the Will Ferrell yelling is funny. Right. Like there's, mm-hmm. I think for a certain age group higher than us and lower than us, Will Ferrell yelling is just an old guy yelling. And they're like, why is this guy yelling so much? I don't get it. He doesn't do a ton of yelling. He does a lot of yelling, dude. Like all his famous shit is him yelling. Like all the freaking scenes that are so great is him like speaking loudly and irreverent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the you're talking about in general Will and everything yeah. in, in Anchorman in SNL skits. But in this and, one, he's, he's a little dialed back as far as just the yelling. But I mean, but, Brad brought up the the number one quote from this movie. Santa, I know him. <laughs> like it's just him yelling. You know what I mean? I think it's like but a, I mean, like Buddy the Elf. What's your favorite color? Like like little things like that are just <laughs> silly and ridiculous. Like I don't know. Like I think there's it's got a lot of heart to it. And but I, I love the the fact that like we have a. I mean, you're not. Con- are, do you enjoy the movie yourself? Though I right? love the movie, and I was so excited to show it to them. And my wife loves it, and we were both excited to show it to the kids. And they kind of shit on our dreams on that one, which is kind of par for the course for these kids. Well, it's There's the, whole, the fucking the horror, horror movie, movie fridge. fridge. The, fridge. <laughs> the fridge screaming. Yeah, you hear that? <laughs> um, I, I I like this movie. I, I don't want to like be negative. I'm not going to say that I dislike it at all. And I full on agree that if I'm thinking like, what are the iconic Christmas movies that I'm going to try to run through? This is on the list. I, I it's probably. You know, if I like, I think that I think the break point is around like six or seven. They're like six or seven for me. Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, The Santa Claus, A Christmas Story, and then probably this one. If I'm not going to go into like adult 
software like Die so, Hard. So so so, so Charlie Brown is not in there. It's not a feature. I don't I don't think of it that and way. And no Muppet uh, Muppet Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol. Or, or like the there's like the old Rudolph claymation ones. And yeah. Stuff. But I don't. That, that's for me. Like we watch Home Alone, and I would actually put Home Alone two in the mix for me. Yeah, for but, sure. But Home Alone Home, Home Alone runs and Home Alone two run on our TV over and over again your you daughter know, was time. doing quotes from home alone oh, yeah. she's three years old like yeah. it's really young for <laughs> from home alone. yeah she, she was like buzz's girlfriend woof and i was like what did she say <laughs> yeah yeah we're it gonna get her so t- funny yeah we're gonna get her a t-shirt to wear that says a, a lovely cheese pizza just for me yeah <laughs> but i mean so it's in that it's in that mix i think for me it's the least iconic of them in the sense that like it, I like it a lot. It's, it's really good, but I think it's, it's way, it's like very, it's trying really hard to be like a quintessential Christmas movie. It's, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, I don't know. I don't even know how to like put it relative to the others, man. Maybe that's a stupid take. I'm going to put it as my top two, like Christmas vacation and elf are the two movies. I must watch at Christmas time. Like that's guaranteed Christmas story is like nostalgia wise is, is underneath. And we'll talk about that next week. But, but uh, elf and Christmas vacation are the two I'm like, I have to watch. And like, there's a lot of movies we watch where like, I'll be on the couch. I might be on my phone or I'll be like falling asleep or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. but these, this one and, and uh, crucifixion, I'm like, okay, I, I'm throwing away everything, shutting down the phone so I can like sit there and focus on these movies. Right. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes a lot for me to shut down my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. So I, I have kind of a complicated uh, answer to this because I think I would guarantee that I was probably a lot older then yes, all of you, you always a lot my, older. My first, my first fucking watch, you asshole, <laughs> was way later. Like I didn't see this movie when it came out. I didn't see this movie for years, and I actually only saw this for the first time a couple years ago. Oh wow! And I'd always heard how great of a Christmas movie this was, so it was way overhyped to me. And yeah. it's and it, a lot of people say it's their favorite. It's or it's their must watch, just like you, Brad. Like they watch it every Christmas. I understand that. I love Chris or Will Ferrell. Uh, he's funny to me in everything he does for the most part. So I'm a big fan of his. The rest of the cast, you know, everybody's great in this. But the first time I watched it, eh, just it didn't really grab me. But I also watched it by myself, probably with a little bit of attitude, thinking, oh, well, how great is this? Whatever. Watched it again with my girlfriend. I, went, I said, I want to watch this with somebody else to you know, feed off somebody. Like, somebody that you love, bro. Like, right. It makes a difference. And I it absolutely it did. Yeah. Absolutely did. And I, and I laughed at a lot of parts, had a great time. But at the end, I still had some issues. And again, I'm, I've overanalyzed it because fucking it's what we do. But it, it, is it one of my all-time, like, do I have to watch it every year? I don't think it is for me. But it got better on my second watch. So maybe I need a couple more watches for the things to really click, which is like Anchorman, I don't think hit good the first time I watched it. I'm pretty mm. sure it took me a couple watches to really get Anchorman and love it. But I, that's one of my all-time favorite movies. So I don't know. I think it's one of those things you kind of kind of get into the habit of watching it every now and then. Right now, I don't think I need it for the holiday season. Didn't hate it. Liked it a lot. Had, had a lot of fun. But I do have some problems with it. But... I'm overanalyzing a holiday movie, which I probably shouldn't do. Maybe it's a maybe it's that every it's not an every sceneer for me, right. right? So it's like the best scenes in Elf are for me like 
as good as any Christmas movie. Like when he decorates the, the store, uh, <laughs> you know, and like, you know, they, they, everybody wakes up to that and he's here, he hears her singing and like that whole sequence. He gets in the shower with her. Is just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Zoe Deschanel's, yeah. but, uh, that whole sequence is like, it's, it's, it's perfect, right? Like it's as yeah. good as, as any, any sequence in any Christmas movie. But for me, I think that the difference is that there are some scenes that, and I think honestly, a lot of the stuff with James Conn, who I really generally like, mm -hmm. a lot of those scenes feel to me like they're trying to move to the next like fun part and trying to slop some fucking plot in there. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's Are, are we talking about all the, all the book, the book company stuff? I wouldn't yeah. say all of the book company stuff, but I would just say like some of that and some of the sort of like, you know, I, I think they're trying, they, they try really hard to build him up as being like the curmudgeon, right? Like as being like the Grinch. It's not that bad. And, and, and it's like yeah. feels forced it, to me in some yeah, way. Yeah, it, it so, needed so, more. I, I think it, it just, it, or, he wasn't bad enough and then there wasn't enough of a an yeah, arc for him. Like yeah. there wasn't a, a real reason for him to yeah. actually realize that buddy is great like that whole story again felt forced it was like, like just accept that you have a 40 year old son with special needs that just came into your life and needs you to take care of every need that he has right now here we go boom and fucking the wife's like duh like duh, isn't this great and he's like fuck <laughs> which i totally get like that had to be a lot for him to take on right, right. like yeah. But but I mean the the payoff is that he realized oh this dude's actually not special needs he really was an elf that grew up in the fucking North Pole and it's like I oh, feel like shit. I feel like you're absolutely right but he didn't get enough like grace in the very beginning when he's being curmudgeony it's like is he being curmudgeony or is he just trying to fucking sort through this shit you know what I mean like James Con's character is like just thrown into like oh you have a son he wants to come to work with you all day. And fucking sit next to you and talk crazy shit to you. But I mean, his actual son says, no, he's the worst dad ever. <laughs> and, and I, he kind of sets the scene that it's like, actually, he's been an ass like pretty much but, even but, before but, he got but here. But maybe that's what it is, is like he doesn't come off that way. Like he kind of comes off as being a, a busy little bit dad. distracted. I, maybe it's not even that I don't. But the children love the books. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's I, an ass to this old like lady that works at a nunnery or whatever. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not even saying that they, I guess I think it's just, I don't think they need some, I wish they could, I wish they would give me more of the like magical Will Ferrell and less of the, of the sort of like attempt to create the arc the scrooge right. out of James yeah Kong's like I, I and it's not even again i'm not I, I don't it's not terrible it's not bad it's just i think those scenes i i find myself waiting to get to the next scene i like right. whereas like in christmas vacation i'm like do every scene is its own thing like every in home alone i'm like every scene like those are the two that i'll like christmas vacation home alone i'm like i'm watching this every christmas I, it's I, funny because my biggest question is just why does james con have a son who's like 12 and he's 60 maybe i don't know yeah. some people get started late okay, <laughs> hate not. Okay. and some people start early and late that, that is true snip, snap, is a little, snap. Bit, little bit in the middle yeah snip snap snip snap repair right. snip snap, snip, snap. <laughs> yeah i just i just needed like one more little scene of of james con witnessing will ferrell like doing something to make him believe that he's an elf. Like I need it. Like he's in that meeting. All of a sudden he just decides to, to leave the meeting because it's the right thing to do. All of a sudden seemed forced that he's all of a sudden going to be a good guy. I think I needed more of a reason for him to leave that meeting. I think he sees Will Ferrell being a good dad. I, I actually almost think it's a little jealousy. He's like, Will Ferrell's actually being a good dad to my son. 
And I think he kind of comes to that realization of like, mm-hmm. well, shit, he's actually, my son seems to be happier than he's ever been. My son isn't just a little prick. Like, I think he's probably thinking, oh, my son's just a little prick. He doesn't like me. He doesn't understand my life. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, well, actually, if you put in some effort, like you can make this kid happy. And he's like, well, shit, my kid actually is happier than he's ever been. I don't know. That's I think the kid's, the kid's being too hard on James Conn. Yeah, like a little shithead. You know, yeah. I mean, James Conn's got a lot of stress at work. A lot of stress. Got to make those. Leaving fun. pages out of books. I he's mean, not cheating on your mom. I, he's not drinking to excess and beating you. Like, what the fuck do you want from this kid? Do we, I, maybe he was. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Steenburgen seems a little bit like beaten down. She's she does like, seem like a kept woman. She yeah. might yeah. be my favorite like mom character. Yeah, she's and, very mom. Uh, dude, she's yeah. fucking great. So, so Peter, D- I will say that Mile, the Miles sequence with Peter Dinklage is just. Oh, man. Well, you get some we'll get awesome cameos. Sure. Some awesome Amazing. cameos in this movie. Like that. Tremendous ones. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. No no real hate here. I love it. All right. Well, let's, uh, we've got a a pretty famous director here. Um, He's now kind of pretty much the king of everything. And who would have thought that this guy from Swingers just turns into the most gigantic like person in in Hollywood. We're going to talk about Jon Favreau right now. After you play the intro, I want to talk about Jon Favreau. That's that's exactly the point. I'm upset. I'm upset with Jon Favreau. That's pretty much the point. You want to talk about the director? Shut up, All right, folks, it's about that time. We talk about the Deluxe Edition Network. BVK is the podcast of the year on the Deluxe Edition Network, and we will continually remind you of that until we are no longer in that role. And probably after. Like, they, probably, we're, we're the reigning. What are the chances that we won't be the podcast of the year? Let's I don't know. It depends serious. on if the rules get changed on us. We'll find out. People like crypto and fucking banana haircuts. <laughs> Deluxe Edition Network's <laughs> biggest fan, Zach. <laughs> Horses, crypto, and banana haircuts. I mean, come on, guys. All right, uh, Scotch, we've got some podcasts of the month for December. Who we, are they? We do. We have the Steve and Crypto Show. They talk about all various topics, uh, pop culture, movies, horror, music, comics, all kinds of fun stuff. And we also have, speaking of pop culture, we have Deluxe Edition which is what the den is named after, uh, with Casey and Ray. And they Casey, I know that guy. (laughs) He started the network. (laughs) Sounds like a lot of fucking people that are afraid to pick a fucking lane. Everybody's like, we talk about everything under the (laughs) umbrella of pop culture. It's like, dude, pick a fucking lane. Let's make a fucking podcast. What's going on, guys? Dude. You're fucking inspiring <laughs> hard, man. Harsh. I mean, what? Jesus Christ. Hey, he found out that his kids didn't like Elf, and well, he's just like, like yeah. man, testing the limits uh, of how far we can go before we get kicked out of the den. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so I have a question, and I mean this in all sincerity. Is it about what we're drinking right now? Well, <laughs> all right. Are we going to talk about that? I think we should. All right. Uh, <laughs> fine. Nate's drinking syrup. I'm drinking Diet Pepsi and still Makers uh, Makers. I'm I've got a bottle of Makers that I'm <laughs> since dead. last week. It's been he's a just week been and he's still drinking. Yeah. Drinking, <laughs> still drinking it. <laughs> you say that scotches all week. It was awesome. I was just sitting here on his couch. We had a slumber party. Out. We yeah, braided each other's great. beards. Yeah, <laughs> not much hair to go around. Thank God for Bradder. We'd be just like the most hated fucking skinhead podcaster on the side. Of- <laughs> 
I'm drinking I'm drinking Modelo, the drink of the especial. So uh, cheers, gentlemen. I am drinking some Last Call Brewing, and I'm drinking the Golden Oaky, which Ooh. is a very it just they just rebrewed another yep, batch, yep, yep. nice and fresh, delicious, and it, it's kind of a golden stout. I, I think it's exactly a golden That's stout. Exactly isn't it? what it is <laughs> with actually fresh uh, hazelnuts. Yeah, mm, it's yummy. It's pretty good. Um, and then I've got my Citra Bowl, which is, uh, it's, it's a continu- it continually shows up around the Last Call Tap Room, and it's just a, a delicious Citra Hazy Pale Ale that is uh, my just go-to when I need to drink something nice and easy, and there's no Operation Nectar on, I drink Citra Bowl. Are we done? So Yeah. You can talk hey, now. Nate, what, what, uh, so you'd like to bring up you, something. You, you mentioned that john favreau is like the king of everything and i don't understand so like dude. I, i've misunderstood I, I i don't i love john favreau this is not a criticism i i'm a huge fan but i don't understand the basis for that i've heard people make that reference and i think it has something to do with the marvel universe so listen, well, because, so listen. I mean, i'm looking at his imdb here yeah. right he, he's the writer and creator of the mandalorian which obviously is huge and the book of boba fett um, and well, he's, he's, he's the director of but some, some this things. Is, this is his line. So 2001, he directs made. Yes. Which I think we can all say it was, it was a legit movie. That I, was I enjoyed funny. it. I don't think it, it was, was a huge hit. It was him and, uh, Vince Vaughn back together. It was right after swingers, five years raw, after swingers, a little bit crazy. Yep. P. Which Diddy, he did not right direct. in the middle of. Yep. He wrote swingers, did not direct it. So he directed made. He directs elf is his second movie as a director. Yeah. And then. He goes on to Zathura, a space adventure garbage, and then he does 2008 Iron Man. This is his fourth movie, and, and I think there, a lot of people think that this moon. was a great movie. <laughs> After that, Iron Man 2, Cowboys and Aliens, Chef, which was a great one right in the middle of Right, there. but not like a... The Jungle no. Book that sucked, the live-action Jungle Book, the Lion King right. live-action that sucked, and then, he's, and then he's right into every fucking, like... Avengers, he's executive producer. He's, that's the thing. When, but he doesn't say, direct any of them. Right. right. That is, so it's not that he's directing them. When I say he's the king of Hollywood, it's because he's executive producer on pretty much every Marvel movie, every uh, Star Wars uh, uh, series and movie he's like involved in now. Like, he's But I guess just, I think of him as this like huge director and he's not but, really. But, he's but, just but, like dude, putting money behind look, shit. Look, just because you guys hate Marvel, it doesn't mean that it's not a big deal to he started the whole fucking Marvel Somebody thing. Somebody already Iron wrote Man. the fucking story, dude. A, I, lo- a lot of people's favorite character and movies in the Marvel cinem- cinematic universe is Iron Man. Yeah, so it's, I'm not, I'm not it's even, got a lot of humor. It's funny, and, and, and no matter how you Downey feel Jr. about it, it started a fucking pretty huge industry. I, I, and I, I'm not even being critical in that sense. I'm just saying. I I, all, all I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I have my criticisms of Marvel, but what I mean is like is a, a practical point, which is, so he's the executive. I mean, Iron, being the director of Iron Man, Iron Man 2 is a big deal, but like there are lots of people that direct a couple of big movies that aren't like the king of Hollywood. And what you're saying is that he's the executive director of all these things. But like, if you look at the executive director credits on any given set of movies, there's a lot of executive directors, right? Executive I have producers. Producer, right? Executive, producers, executive yeah. producers. So I guess what I'm, there's something happening that like, obviously you're reading reporting from Hollywood. That's sort of like, you know, explaining this, but I'm asking, is he more in like, is he really the executive producer that's in charge of these things? That's running the show. Well, Mandal- like, Mandalorian. He's he like was, drawing storyboard showrunner yeah. for the Mandalorian, which meant that like he was responsible for what a lot of people consider one of the better star Wars TV, which series. was incredibly right. well received. 
Yeah. But yeah. like, how much money does that make? Like, I don't think, like, I don't know how that works. Like, it comes out on a streaming platform, a Disney owned, Disney property owned by Disney. It comes out on a streaming platform. Like, they're not paying him per episode. Like, I wonder how all that works. Grogu, Baby Yoda made Star, <laughs> made Disney a shit ton of money. It's still <laughs> making them every merch. time. Every kid that goes in there and they buy a Baby Yoda. Yeah. I guess I'm just saying, I, I don't, I, I, I'm literally saying, I mean this in like a non-critical way. I just don't understand the like dynamics of movie making in a way that would help that where I would be able to say, oh, I see that his role as an executive producer there is clearly the head role of all these very important and very big money making movies where he's making decisions that are really helping that to like come to pass. So I, I, I'm really not like, I, 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 I just, I just, I think I want to understand. I wish I had understood better, like the behind the scenes that makes him sort of like so powerful. And I wonder too, like somehow he's inserted himself in the Marvel universe to to the point where he's like an executive producer on every movie that comes out. So he's, I mean, I wonder if he like got hooked into like some sort of like percentage of like sales or well, he was whatever smart, it was. He did. I mean, I, fuck, I'm assuming yeah, he's one of the richer people in Hollywood. At he's got to be one of the yeah. richer people of all time, dude. Like every movie <laughs> that he's connected to the last ten years is like the biggest movie that it's ever come and out. Let me just say. Real Marvel. quick, something you, you said is like somebody already wrote the story or whatever. How hard is it, dude? If you ask comic book people, these movies are not what the comics were. Like, the, he, they've made completely new movies uh, on most of these. They took the characters and definitely have taken so it's it to not a different. The place. same shit that's happening. Like some kid that read the comic doesn't no. know what's going to happen. And most of the time, comic book people are pissed, like that they didn't do this story or I they're not. They're doing just this part angry incels, though. Well, that's possible. <laughs> But they do, they'll take, they'll take other like smaller superheroes in these little, this universe and they'll change their powers and shit. Like they're definitely taking some liberties on some of this stuff. And I think just the fact that he took these movies and took Iron Man and made it into this amazing start of this franchise. And I just think that you can't take that away from him because he had the vision to make this amazing big spectacle of a movie and like it or not, if, you, if you're not into that shit, that's fine. But he made a great movie. If you haven't seen it, it's really good. Oh, I love, I love Iron Man and Iron Man. Question, yeah. question to both of you then. If you and I know, and I think Brad likes them too. Is it as big of a hit without Robert Downey Jr.? Oh no, absolutely not. Oh, no, no, but because he's like he's perfect, really amazing. He is, he perfect, is, but right? he yeah. is, but but those two movies, the writing and the, it's like a very restrained. And like, I think like I've seen a hand. I, I, it's I've, not, it's not a summer blockbuster that's type, it. type movie. It's, it's actually got a lot more like plot and character development. Yes. yes. And, and yeah. the dynamics are more, it's, I, and I haven't seen a ton of the Marvel post Iron Man. I've seen some, but like it, that, there, I guess you might say that there's a lot more camp. Um, you know, it's not entirely campy, but it's like, it's, it's meant to be sort of not quite tongue in cheek, but a little bit fantastical. Right. And I think Iron Man, there's a sense in which it's not, they don't play to being overly fantastical. It's like it's, they try to keep it a little more down to earth. I mean, again, like Iron Man and Iron Man two are great. And if that, if the answer is, well, those are just, it's because he directed these things that set off the Marvel universe. Uh, that's a fine answer. 
I just was, uh, I'm just, I just meant, I think, I feel like there must be something I'm missing. Well, Mandalorian, I mean, he and took, he took, yeah. he took Star Wars and like said, I'm going to do kind of a gritty cowboy version. Old West. That's what I was just about to say. Of, it's fucking killer yeah. too. And it's, and it's, it's got a little grit to it. And so it's like, that's, it's taking some of the camp out of Star Wars and like made it a little bit more like kind of a uh, gunslinger coming to yeah. a random town in the middle of nowhere, whether it's a planet or whatever it is. And he's got a problem he needs to solve. And each episode has kind of an ending to it, but also like a longer overarching story. Yep. That shit yeah. was really well done. And I don't know because I think that he only directed like the first two episodes or something. But as, like. as showrunner, he's in the writer's room. Yeah. And he's so like he's, helping him. He's really behind all of them. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, and th- this is my hope as a as kind of a John Favreau stand. And, and the reason I like John Favreau, he comes across as a very nice person. Like, Absolutely. he seems like a good guy. And I'm hoping that maybe he's yeah. just some psychotic asshole behind the scenes. <clears throat> But it doesn't seem like that. So I'm just hoping that just he just ingrained himself as being like a nice guy that wants to make fun movies. And he's got he loves food. He loves Star Wars stuff. He loves Marvel. He just wanted to kind of like, I just want to be involved in all this shit if, and just got himself into all of it. And now and he's incredibly talented is I as mean, an actor. When he shows up, I love him. He's yeah, great. I mean, yeah. even on Happy Friends, Hogan and when the, he was the fucking the <laughs> UFC fighter that Monica gets with on Friends, the billionaire UFC fighter. So yeah, he's, he's played amazing. he's played yeah. MMA fighters in a couple of movies. Well, yeah. Funny. Oh, he, oh, yeah. Four in the Four Christmases, <laughs> yeah. his character is yeah. amazing. In fact, he he might be the like single best part of that whole movie. I would agree with that. I, his wife too is so great. Yeah. In that yeah. movie. They're, they're, when they're playing that, they're playing Taboo or yeah, whatever that dude, game. So is. Just, <laughs> uh, well, what, wait, what movie is it where he's uh, uh, where the the puke at the? I love game. you, man. I love oh, you, man. I love you, man. Oh, so good in that too. Yeah, and um, you can't great. discount him in Swingers or or Made no, or any of those oh, yeah. movies either. He's fucking amazing. And there's some website that who knows if it's real or not. It says celebrity net worth, and it says John Favreau is worth two hundred million dollars. So that's a, a think, nice I think that's low as fuck. It's a good career. Yeah, I think that's if low. he's really connected to all those Marvel movies. That's low as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've we've done a nice little deep dissection of, of Favreau's career, and uh, I'm I'm sure um, he's sleeping on a bed of money tonight. So, what questions do we have as as he just kind of rides around on hundreds and 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 stacks of twenties and stuff? He's just like just floating around in it. What are we going to ask him? So he's, he's kind of like Scrooge McDuck. So I'll go with one that's like sort of ambiguously not necessarily just for Favreau, but for like Christmas movie directors in general. How much do they think about and how much as a parent do you have to think about Santa spoilers in oh, Christmas great. movies? This is right on great point here. So like I mean, I just want to open it up to the table because like there's several ones that we watch that I'm like, fuck, dude, this is like totally spoiling Santa. But and this even one though at though. the end well, it kind of like brings the Santa thing back, but like I don't know, man. It's a little too close if you don't want to ruin it for your young so, kids. So this was exactly the conversation my wife and I had today where I was like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about I need to watch Elf for the Pod. And she was kind of like, I don't – she's like, yeah, that's fine. But I don't like to put movies on where, like, the, the conversation is about how grown-ups don't believe. Yep. Because, like, she's like, I don't even want to have the conversation where, like, they're like, well, wait. I don't grownups believe in that. everyone put that in negativity. Isn't that the basis? The I mean, okay, besides like the Rudolph cartoons and things like that, isn't that the basis of every Christmas movie? I don't I mean, think so. I don't necessarily like. And where, where in Home Alone is there any like conversation about someone not believing in Santa? Or where, uh, where in a Christmas story? Where in a Christmas story is there any conversation? Oh, Christmas story. I mean, he's buying the gifts at the and 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 like they're having the whole conversation about buying his gifts for the kids. Oh, Santa's not going to bring anything because they don't have money. And then like. 
Uncle Clark, are like you Santa subtly Claus? enough done for young kids that it's not really like because yeah. the Santa Claus is the worst one. The Santa Claus is like yeah, and, fully and, like spoiler out and, and Santa, and then sort of bring him back. And that's like we can't watch Santa Claus yeah. right now because we have a three and a five year old. And so like there's a there's a it depends on the age, right? Because there's going to be an age at which those kids are familiar with that dichotomy, right? That's sort of like we have to you know some people don't believe, but you you have to believe or grown up snobly or whatever. But like, there's a point where like I, you know, you don't you don't want your kids to even ask those questions. Well, well, pardon pardon my ignorance because I don't have kids, so I don't know. But can Do your you, cats can, know about Santa? My cats, they still believe. <laughs> <laughs> but it like, can you go in Santa Claus with C L A W S? Can but can you have that conversation like before you turn on a movie? Say, hey, look, listen, this is a fantasy movie that they're going to pretend like there isn't a Santa Claus. But like, you totally could if, if if it was important, obviously, for them to see it. Right. I think the point is just there's something about the magic of that age where they're just like unquestionably they blindly right. believe, and it's yeah. like no movie is worth like chipping away at that at all at that age. Does, does elf chip away because i mean the, the whole conversation 100%. is he, he's like some people uh and, and and he says oh some people believe that the parents do all that and he's like how could the parents do that well, like but, it actually kind of like enforces reinforces yeah, Santa. it doesn't it doesn't if you're have no even thought that that's a possibility like yeah. if you're a five-year-old and you're like of course like you know the parents don't do that like i never even have heard that suggestion before i i i, I think i there is a small window of time where they have just like the uncompromised belief. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something real about like not wanting to fuck with that. There's Christmas movie that introduced the like theory that like some kids don't believe some kids believe. And it's like, you, you want to kind of keep them in that sweet spot for as long as you can of like, unless they're like 12 and they're like, yeah, I mean, that's a different thing. Yeah. But, but at, at, at when you're young, young, right. It's a, it, I, I think that's not the conversation. You I, 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 if I'm not mistaken, I think there's a website that kind of says like Santa spoilers. Like it basically tells you like how much they get into the whole conversation. Mm. Oh, that's so good. That's a great idea. Probably something to check with before you uh, show some of these movies to your children, I guess. I think I'm going to like, purposely try to ruin christmas for your kids <laughs> i've just decided right now i well, mean i mean i'll fight you call my, me my, call, son, my son's a senior in high school and if you fuck up santa for him call me old one more fucking time let's <laughs> see what happens your kids are not going to believe in fucking santa claus anymore all right <laughs> um so i don't know if my kids i mean i guess my daughter still does but my yeah. boys definitely are out on that shit you know what, there, be, there was never and, and this is honest truth there was never a conversation between yeah, my kids happens. There was never any acknowledgement. I mean, unless they're like absolutely like, I mean, just <laughs> blindly followed it forever. We did the best job ever of yeah. keeping Santa in their lives. I, I'm pretty sure like we just never had the conversation. They weren't ever like, you know what? I don't think there's really a Santa. Like they just, they play along with it. They know that uh, Sprinkle's going to show up, which is our, right. our elf on the shelf. And they're going to uh, uh, get oh, some so gifts from Santa still. Like there's going to be a couple of gifts for, from Santa. And it's like, it's just kind of like the... It's like we just play along. But, bro, you just made me so sad because your kids are much older than mine. You're still doing the fucking elf thing. Oh, we still do elf on the show. Oh, my God. God. I hate the elf so much. Dude, you know what? You can ruin Santa for my kids before you can tell them about the elf on the shelf. Because if I ever have to do the Elf on the Shelf, I'm oh, you guys don't do Elf on the Shelf. Oh my lord, I can't wait. Oh no, I do like, the Elf on the Shelf. Happen, I know. I need, we need to make worse. we need to make it happen. With I, I'm going to I'm going to straight up tell them this is something. This is something people made up. It's not real. I'm, Mommy I'm, and Daddy have laid down drunk. 
<laughs> and mommy is saying, you have to go move the elf. You have to go. And I'm like, I'm fucking comfortable right now. She's like, get up, bitch. You have to go move the we elf. We have all had those moments. I've like drunkenly stumbled around been like, fuck, where's this thing not been? Um, fuck, I'm just going to chuck it at the fan and hope it stays up there. And that's where the elf is. I'm going to come to your house since you haven't done this. I'm, I'm going to be Scott smoking pot. And just like hiding in your house, like just smoking, smoking a doobie, and just be like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm watching for Santa." Oh, hey, there's Scott in the Scott. pantry. <laughs> Scott with the pot. Actually, sounds pretty dope. You know. <laughs> Let me know when you'll be there. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I really want to bring. We're not doing Elf on the shelf, shelf to your life because nope. it's very no, important. I, I'm gonna straight just tell him that's made up. I think it's I'm gonna get him Elf, Elf on the shelf that's just jammies. A, that's just that's just a pretend Elf on the shelf jammies animal. is what they're gonna get for Christmas. That's I'm great. just gonna deliver it to your house. You know what we are doing for jammies this year, though. What's that? We're doing Home Alone pajamas for a, as a family. Like we're all gonna, have, we all gonna have a different T-shirt with a movie quote, and then as our, as our for your picture pajamas. No, it's like the oh, just okay. We always have like you know custom. We always match Christmas pajamas for the day of. We're doing F one is what we've got. F one. Jesus, jammies. you guys are fucking wild, dude. Yeah, I'm doing whatever my wife ordered from whatever online service <laughs> she ordered it from, but I don't have to wear one. <laughs> Whatever my cats say. <laughs> my, my, my daughter wanted F onesies, is what she wanted this year. Oh, I love that. Oh, onesies, oh, but we, that. Co- we couldn't find like oh. ones that like made sense. Like they're not authentic. Or All right, Brand, you win. That was cute. That was awesome. I'll give it to you. So, uh, I guess onesies. I guess I wonder for for the for the movie, how much did did they want Will Ferrell? So so Will Ferrell plays you know a little bit of a different character here in the sense that it's a more innocent version of his wackiness than you get in any other movie that I can recall for sure. And so I guess, you know, how much does Favreau really have to rein him in to keep it more of a kid family movie and how much does Will Ferrell want to push it? Right. Right. Because there's, I think as with any real Ferrell movie, there's probably a NC 17 version that you could make with all the cutting room floor stuff. There's a rated R version. There's a PG 13 version and there's a PG version and a G version. Like you could take all the outtakes and make whatever you wanted it to be. Right. You could have bad elf for sure. But what's funny about it though, he's not, he's not necessarily crude or, you know, like, like a lot of that is sort of more scripted and written. It's more that like Will Ferrell goes dark and it's funny. So like the Will Ferrell, I mean, Anchorman's a little different. And funny enough, like I actually think Anchorman, the character, Ron Burgundy is the most similar to the elf character in a way. Wow. Well, I was actually surprised that I thought that Will Ferrell was actually bigger at, in his, at his, you know, at closer to this peak, but this is actually kind of fairly early. This is early. It, yeah. was, it was Zoolander, like old school. And then like a couple other ones that weren't quite as big, and then Elf, and then Anchorman was a couple years after this. Yeah, this. Is not- I thought he was bigger when this came out. Yeah. This actually, I think, launched him more oh, than two hundred twenty something million dollars, yeah. dude. Yeah. Fuck. No, I think this kicks him into like star mode. Absolutely. But I, but I, I guess I think like he, you know, you think about like the the versions of him being sort of like a little too grown up as him, like you know screaming yelling in a kind of like angry way right he'll kind of flip the switch a little bit as opposed to being overly crude so like you can imagine some of that being not necessarily overtly problematic right like it wouldn't necessarily get you a a worse rating but it changes the tone of the movie old school does come out right before elf so right before so old school kind of hits and like that's where i mean frank the tank 
I mean, no, not uh, uh, yeah, not yeah, Frank, Frank the, the tank. tank, Frank the Tank. So I, I screwed up his name, I think, once previously on the podcast. I guess, so. I guess, to put a pin in, right. to put a pin in all this, it's like it's been twenty years since this movie came out. Is there any other Christmas movie that holds as much clout as this movie that you would like put on for your family? In you mean since years that. from two thousand three to two thousand twenty three? I don't think there is. Nope. And I don't know if that movie ever comes now with the way that we release movies and the way that things kind of go, like. I'm sure there will be another huge Christmas movie that when our kids are older, they'll be like, oh, we, we watched this, but I feel like it's going to be the same ones we've been watching. I don't know. I mean, my kids still watch Christmas Vacation, Home Alone. Like, I mean, that's exactly. the, you know, same movies we watched as kids. Right. 20 years is a big gap between like a big like household name. Like you say Elf, everyone knows the movie you're talking about. Like, yeah. There's no other Christmas movie that's come out that I can think of that's been like as big. I bet you there'll be a Pixar one that'll like blow everybody's socks off. So, so what's different? I mean, I guess like, what is it about? I mean, what is it about this movie that is the magic I don't know. that makes it classic? Cause it's not just Will Ferrell, right? Like, I mean, he's great, but, and, and I, and I was sort of making the case that I thought that there were weak points in the story, but there's something about this that makes it stand out, right? There are other Christmas movies that come out, Rather, the Christmas Chronicles come is out. Is it the and, throwback to sort of the old like Rudolph sort of animation they style? Have the, in the they beginning. have the throwback there that, yeah. that for nostalgia's sake, that gets all the the, the older generations mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, those, those movies. Like I know that. I think it's just it takes Santa and the North Pole and everything very real. Like it, it, it like it makes it like a real place. It makes it feel like this actually exists like the, the toy shop. I love the fact that they're building fucking etch-a-sketches and right. stuff. And it's like, it's all done. Like, and they're just, the elves are like the jolliest little guys ever. They're all su- super stoked. I mean, they're kind of worried about buddy, not making enough etch-a-sketches, but, <laughs> but most of the time they're all pretty jolly and happy and, and enjoying their lives. And, uh, that kind of, I think creates the magic of like, you know what you kind of expect, like that's what happens at the North pole the, here. We, we get to, Oh, we get to see inside look at what's going on with the, uh, the, the sleigh that they have to have a jet pack now because that shit doesn't work and much here. <laughs> I guess I just feel like 20 years is a long stretch for no like bigger Christmas movie to come out. You know what I mean? It's, it's a short when I think about, I, it took me a little while to realize, but I was thinking of prep and landing. Oh, that is a good call. I watched it on your recommendation. That's not bad. It. We haven't watched it since, but we did like it. It's, it's something cause I think it does the same thing where it kind of takes the, the whole, it, it does not spoil by any means. It's all about like, it's real Christmas and like they, they make it serious and the little elves, they go and they, they prep the house before Santa gets in there it's pretty awesome. Um, they've done three little one, one really short one about 30 minutes. And the other one's about 30 minutes. So like they're both little shorts, but awesome. And they're fun. And that is, that is another staple of our, you, of you our mentioned Noel last a couple of And I haven't seen that still. Anna Kendrick and she's awesome in it. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, that one was good. Eight bit Christmas. You said your son loved that. I did they did love that. That, that, but that's not one that we. They've been like, let's watch Eight Bit Christmas again. But I bet but if that's I brought the generation, it up, that's would, what I'm saying. That yeah. it's the generational thing of like, there's so much shit out there that's like, unless because I almost forgot about that movie. It's like, oh shit, we actually really like that. Speaking of winter movies, I watched Rocky Four with my middle son like four times in the past two weeks. Just so, good. so into boxing right now. He wants to fight everyone. He wants to punch that. everything. <laughs> yeah. So weird. Oakdale MMA. Sign him up. My my little nephew's going now. At, at Oakdale MMA. Yeah, they have they have boxing. They have it's probably boxing. the same weight class Catch as Mike Kimbo. McDonald. <laughs> probably fifth grade. 
So I don't know. I don't know if we got an answer. But I don't know if you. you I'd say prep and, prep and landing is the only thing I can think no, of. It's like a guarantee. But one. what is it about this one? I mean, I, 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 I don't know if I have a, you know. It's got a lot of heart. It's every, every, nobody in there is like too evil. Nobody, uh, everybody in there seems to be like good natured and they're all trying to like help each other out. Like it's got a good message in the end. Like, I don't know. Santa, you know, is, is kind of a thug. <laughs> You know when he's in the when he's in the in Central Park and that and, and he uh, he comes up on him he's like hey, don't try anything or whatever he's like he's ready to fight like Santa's a little aggressive I like that well how about this when was the last movie that was made that was a f- that was like a high a, a real budget feature film that was like in, was it directly engaging the kind of like magical element of Christmas. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's plenty of Christmas movies, but but what other one is like a high budget one where they're like, we're gonna deal with the myth of Christmas, the uh, you know, elves, Santa, a sleigh, like you know, I I can't think of another one. I mean, the Santa Claus recently had their they did yeah, another the Santa Claus Disney series. Okay, yeah, but I mean, it, I mean, one sort of argument here is that like, it's you know, you go all the way back, right? The Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Right, there's a couple of those that mm-hmm. are actually really good, and they they do this. Um, but you know, it kind of it it, it addresses something I mean, like it, it engages something that's like really, really you know fundamental to the way that we sort of think about Christmas as sort of a magical thing. But it does it with like serious a serious budget. Yeah, and I mean maybe maybe that's part of it, right? Is like you know, there's the you know Favreau's a great director you know, obviously Will Ferrell is, is a, a you know, really funny actor. The other actors in the, in the film are good. The singing is really good, right? There's a lot of pieces of it that are, that are good, but it's also a high budget film that takes, you know, takes this on and then does it in a family friendly way. But that's because now they can make those Christmas movies that go straight to some streaming service right. and people eat them up like fucking pumpkin pie. And they, but they don't have to put any money into them to, for that to happen. Yeah. I, I, I guess, I guess, I guess that leads us to, Will a studio do like a big budget Christmas movie at this point? And I got to think at some point they will. I don't know, but you have to have an interesting take. This was an interesting take. This was like something different. Oh, you got the elf who was actually a human going to New York fish out of the water, which I'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that becomes like the hook. It's like you have to have a good hook to do a an original Christ- Christmas movie. I think it was an, it was just an original idea that hadn't been done before. And I think that maybe is also why it kind of hit pretty well. Yeah. Fabs. There's no more new Christmas movies. Sorry, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Fabs, uh, we love you. Or at least I love you a lot. And I think we all love you and respect you in some way or, or, yeah. or another. And, uh, you know, cuddle up with that money tonight and uh, keep getting involved in good projects. We'll see you in a little bit. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Casey Shearer. And this is Ray. Do you like pop culture? We're pretty sure you do. Then come on over and check us out at deluxeedition.show. You will not be sorry. Or maybe you will be. I don't know. Is it?
Is it a one night stand or do you hit it with a shovel or take it home to mom and dad? It's like fuck, marry or kill. It's Shag Snack Body Bag. Maybe a Is it a one night stand or do you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah. Guess who's back on the board, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> Well Making done. mistakes like the best of them. Um, yeah, I was going to say a snow shovel, but, you know, whatever. Uh, that's um, like some Home Alone shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shag snag body bag is what we are doing. Um, shag, Scotch, what do you got? I'm, I'm going to shag that my high school sense of humor still hasn't left me. And I laughed at some of the dumbest shit, like the long ass burp. And then he's so <laughs> proud of himself. He's like, did you hear that? That I, ah, that was one of the biggest laughs I had, and it just felt good to just, you know, feel like an idiot. Bodily functions are funny as fuck. It is funny. Nate, why do I feel like you've had a breakfast like the uh, uh, the elf did at one point, where he Ooh. was just like putting all spaghetti the, with fucking syrup, syrup. and and then the pop tarts and the candy. I like <laughs> I calling like Nate. I like calling Nate out for this. Well, earlier tonight we, we had some <laughs> we had some pizza here, and, and <laughs> Nate had a plate. He had a, he had a slice of pizza on it, and then he has some Reese's pieces in a bag. And Brad asked, "Did you just put Reese's pieces on your pizza?" It looked like he did. First of all, <laughs> I don't mix weird, sweet shit with my savory stuff. I eat them a lot, but separately. Okay. okay. <laughs> they only mix in his stomach. And second of all, I don't even like spaghetti. Okay, but what, take away the spaghetti. Like, have you ever just kind of crunched up a bunch of different types of candies? Like spaghetti? I'm just kidding. I like spaghetti. <laughs> okay, gosh. Uh, I like it okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that I've done some things. I, I might have like... <laughs> I've seen some things, man. <laughs> I've, I've eaten some, some things. I've had some breakfasts, you know, that where there's been things in bowls together that... Nate's got a sweet tooth there. just to bury the... I have a sweet everybody. tooth. A little bit, a little bit. Um, yeah. But it, it comes out more at night than it does in the morning. <laughs> like I start out strong. I'm like, you know what? Give me that toast and some. We egg have whites. egg whites and fucking toast. <laughs> and then like lunch, and I'm like, you know what? Like I can make, you know, like half a cookie yeah. is like it's fine. You know, like I'm I'm on track here. You know, and then like <laughs> eight thirty at night, and I'm like. I wonder if I if I only have like seven handfuls of the milk chocolate chips, we'll still have enough for the cookies Can tomorrow. I have a pudding yeah. sandwich. Okay. Have, you, have you guys ever in, like in or at least thought you invented a snack? And and example of that for me and what you make, Scott? I may or may not have been smoking something when I made this, but I took a tortilla one night and put some peanut butter on it. Okay. And I poured some honey on it. Okay. Oh. And I took grape nuts and sprinkled the grape nuts on it. I think you definitely and rolled yeah, rolled it up like a little. To I don't even know what a grape nut is. Is that like the nut out of out of a grape? It's no, the cereal. cereal. Oh, Jesus. grape nut cereal. <laughs> oh, that, it's the cereal. I don't think I've ever had. I've always wondered like why the fuck is grape in the name? It does not look like grapes. It came out in Scott's time. Probably has know. raisins in it. No, it's just no, like little crunchy, it's little crunchy bits. like balls. Little crunchy it's called balls. Grape nuts. Grape yeah. nuts. I don't know why. Is, they're it, called is it supposed to like imitate grape seeds? Yeah, I guess. But why would you eat grape seeds? So peanut butter, honey, <laughs> hot tortilla, it. grape nuts. Wait, yeah. hot tortilla? Did you, did you warm the not tortilla? Hot, not, I didn't warm the tortilla. Nothing warmed? No. Oh, I was thought you were going to do like a little oh. quesadilla would be like, oh, that would have been level. Good. like a sweet Shit. quesadilla. Stoners, write in. Tell us <laughs> your favorite you <laughs> created <laughs> snack. What would you call it? Do you have any name? I didn't. Um, like peanut butter burrito was about as close as I peanut butter and honey toast was a big one for me as a kid. Okay, I had a okay. lot of that, mm. but I, that's not quite the Dude, same. Scotchadilla, Scotchadilla, Scotchadilla. Oh, <laughs> I used to very similarly make my own snacks and think that I made it up. And I used to take a empty plate, put grated mozzarella cheese on it, put it in the microwave, and then eat it with a fork. 
Yeah. Oh, I did that Just too. Crispy cheese. Oh, Just straight up best. melted cheese. That, that, got, that got talked about on the pod at some point. Yeah. Uh, this conversation. And then little, I'm like, how did I get lactose intolerance? <laughs> I, was, I was on a work a work trip um, when I worked in advertising. We were on the ski trip and I was sharing a, 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 this fucking apartment with a bunch of people. This one girl was hammered and I was sleeping in the living room on a fold out couch and I was like half out, and the, but I heard her in the kitchen just fumbling around. She's all hammered. And I heard the microwave going at one point. Didn't really think anything of it. Went to sleep. Woke up the next morning. We we're kind of cleaning things up. And I opened up the, the microwave, and there was a plate with Starbursts all melted in there. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> a bunch of Starbursts on this Not paper plate. Level. That's amazing. That sounds delicious, <laughs> yeah. too. Oh. She didn't eat it, though. She just put it in there, started the microwave, and just I wonder if she just hit the 30-second button or if she was like, yeah. three minutes is perfect for these. Right. <laughs> they used to melt now and laters. Microwave. Up in the microwave mm-hmm. and on a fire. And then what do you do with them? I used to already roasted now and later. Roasted now and later on the fire. Do you yeah. eat the ooze or like? Yeah, it's a secret. <laughs> of the I, don't, ooze. I don't remember. The secret of the ooze. That's Probably the actual secret. Of it. it sounds like it sounds like uh, a thing I would do. All right, who, All right Nate, what, what are you shagging, Nate? Um, I'm shagging uh, Zoe Deschanel, and I'm actually. Oh, are you are you jumping in on Zach? Oddly, I'm not actually shagging her, which is would be itself a smart move, but. Her singing in this for yeah. me is one of my favorite favorite parts. Um, she has a great voice, and and the the way that she, I think she has a great voice, and these songs really work. Like her her sort of caroling uh, covers is are, are great, and so I, I would say I could watch that those parts over and over and over and over again, and I would never get tired. I do remember the first time I watched this that I was kind of watching the movie, and like I wasn't really digging it yet that was the scene that grabbed me and made me want to stick with it and made it, it was like there's something so charming about her voice she got yeah. a very kind of a smoky sultry sultry yeah. feeling to it and then when 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 Wilfaro joins in it's such a cool little duet yep she's got an album a couple albums one of them with uh, M Ward that uh, is called She and Him right. a very like a very secular she and album him Christmas yeah and then they have a Christmas album that is like our go to when it's very like She and just, Him Christmas is yeah, awesome it's okay. really dope super legit yep Zach what are you uh, shagging here I'm shagging uh, blonde-haired Zoe Deschanel, and uh, in like a, the most vanilla way possible. I think she's great. I think she's a great actress, great comedic actress. I think she does a good job with the part. Will Ferrell's so over the top, and she's so kind of down to earth and almost just like not really like putting up with his bullshit. And I think it works. It works really well for the for the part. And I think that uh, she's generally great. Yeah, when she calls him over, when she's like, "Hey." What were you doing in the bathroom? Like, and she's quit being a fucking weirdo. Yeah, she's yeah. like, she's like pretty serious about it. But then, you know, she she falls for him. My shag is uh, fish out of the water movies. I love. I've always been a sucker for a good fish out of the water movie. Um, I love Crocodile Dundee. I love Short Circuit. We did I, a fish out of water pot uh, draft, didn't we? We sure we did. Sure did. Go back and listen Elf to that. Might one. have been number one. I, it was. It was a top. It was a it's first a high round pick. Yeah, I was. A, sure. So, but I will say, uh, I, I talked about seeing Napoleon. My favorite Napoleon is Napoleon and Sandemus. Uh, right. and, and when he's <laughs> riding water slides and going bowling and shit, that's uh, and Ziggy Piggy. <laughs> Speaking of great <laughs> sweet concoctions, so that's my shag uh, snag. Nate, what are you snagging today? You know, to be honest, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna snag Dinklage. Oh, like he's so good. Sorry, yeah. I mean, the obvious one here, obviously, is Will Ferrell. But Dinklage goes on to be Tyrion Tyrion Lannister. Tyrion Lannister, Tyrion yeah. Lannister. Correct. But there's also, I mean, if you look at his through his catalog, right? He's in the Station Agent, and he 
it's funny in this one because he it, the, the the gag right is that they're playing to him as a little person right right and they're they're sort of like he's innocently he's you know the elf character is obviously supposed to be describing him as an elf because you know in a way that's earnest and of course he's taking it as though it's an insult right because the character has obviously been been you know made fun of or, or and because he's a grown man right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right a, a, a well-off grown man yeah. very it's solid like professional. suit yeah. um and so you know they it plays in in here but Dinklage also, I mean, he's great and funny and plays this part really well. And like, it's, it's really great, but you know, I think it takes a lot when you're a character, when you, I mean, he's obviously, you know, a little person that's a very like notable thing mm -hmm. about, and, and a lot of people that have that particular sort of like care, you know, characteristic get put into roles that are sort of like that, like, you know, sort of elf roles or whatever. And, uh, they tend to, you know, and there are other characteristics that people have that they find hard to break out of, I think, and, you know, sort of the, the classic of like being typecast because of some character of you as a person, um, not as you as the character you play. Like I'm going to wait for the next Lord of the Rings sequel or Willow sequel before I can make, get another role. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Dinklage is just like, you know, totally transcends it. You know, like, and, and so here, right. He play, you know, it's, it plays at that just a little bit and kind of like a, a he's a, a cocky douche. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of like, yeah, he's like playing back at that in a fun way. But then of course, you know, in his career, he just is, right. he, he's just a killer in this way. Like he's just, he, he completely breaks out of it and I, I love him. Yeah. Well, you ask people about their top, like five characters in anything oh. of all time. And Tyrion Lannister comes in the conversation oh with a lot of people. It's, yeah. it's, it, 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 if you haven't seen it, which I assume most, most of you have, but it's game of Thrones. Right. And he's, I would argue the main character. I mean, there's a lot of main characters, but you yeah. argue that he's the sort of most main of the main characters. He's kind of the heart of the whole. The I would whole say thing. so. Yeah, absolutely. And it's Great character arc. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just piggybacking on that. Yeah. I had pretty much just him being in on the joke and just yeah. going for it. Yeah. And and I and I love that in general with any kind of movie with somebody. Just you know what? Look, shit's funny, man. I know, and I, and I know you got to be sensitive, and it's a very sensitive world, and and but when somebody who has you know, ethnicity or, or, you know, if they're a little person or whatever they're and they're in on the joke and they make funny of it. Like one of my favorite comedians is Brad Williams, oh, who, yeah. who is a little person. And he, Oh my God, he goes after himself nonstop because he's like, fuck it, dude, it's funny. And he can laugh at himself. And I love that shit. Well, and, and what I like here, right. Is it's like, it both plays at it and against it at the same time. Right. It's right. a very subversive kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's saying like, fuck you. Like, yeah. like this is, I like, this isn't fine. You know, the character is saying this shit's not funny. Right. right? Like, and he kicks I, his ass. And he kicks his ass. Right. <laughs> and so great. it's like, it's kind of like playing at it. And, you know, like you say, like he, he sort of can take a joke, but also like is able to sort of spin it a little bit in a way that's, it's cool. So I, I don't know. It's a, it's, yeah, I love it. Zach. I, I, I got to snag the buddy and the son's sort of relationship going from like he sort of resents him, doesn't respect him and like wants to keep his distance, doesn't want to hang out with him to like he sort of wins him over and like that whole sort of story arc with the kid who's like keeping everybody at bay because he feels like, you know, he doesn't have this great home life and he doesn't have like the love from his parents that he wants. He finds this in this other person. And I think I think that whole storyline is killer. And uh, that's going to be my snag from the movie i'm gonna snag and, and this was mentioned earlier i really like james con's character in this movie yeah. like mm -hmm. james con 
does a good job. He's the right guy for because he's he's got that gruff side to him. James Con allegedly in in Hollywood has always been kind of a a, a dick. He's kind of been an, an aggressive person to work with, and and it fits for this movie because he's just kind of he's kind of an asshole. And uh, uh, even when he starts to come along, he's still kind of being an asshole. Like even like the last part where he's supposed to be singing, he's just like kind of mouthing the words. Like he's mm-hmm. like he's kind of still his assholeish self, but finally he does kind of sing, and that's what kind of. Uh, uh, culminates the movie, but uh, he also fathered Scott Con, who I think is pretty hilarious, especially in the the Oceans movies. Mm-hmm. He's he's terrific. He's been in some funny stuff, so I'm I'm a big fan of Scott Con as well. Tweeter in Varsity Blues, Dude, he's <laughs> the best characters Tweeter. ever. Tweeter's <laughs> so, great. Ocean, so Ocean's Eleven, yeah, he's so yeah. good in that. So James Con, thank you for uh, uh, doing a great job in this movie, and and also for Scott Con, and rest in peace. Wait, Scott Con, Scott. Scott Con's dead. dead? <laughs> Wait, did I say Scott Con at the end? I don't know. James, James Con is best. He passed like a couple of years ago. Scott Con's dead. Scott Con, I think, is on cameo. Okay, you can get him. He, he's itching his balls as Tweeter when he talks to you. Uh, who's James Con? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, body bags. Uh, before I start body bagging my co-hosts, uh, Scott, what do you got? I'm gonna body bag myself for nitpicking the story too much. I, I think I just I should just enjoy it. Just look at the heart of the movie, and just not think of how I want more of an arc with the dad and all this. I I wanted more with Zoe Deschanel, like more of a reason for, for her to fall for Buddy and stuff like that. Absolutely, and it, I just want more of her, like more of her. I do, but but it's like at the end of the day, just just enjoy it. So I was just gonna body bag myself for that. But I, but I do honestly think that it felt rushed in certain ways that I wish they would have added a few more minutes on this movie and added a few more subplots with see, see, see Buddy with a, a doing some sort of miraculous thing to make Zoe Deschanel say, oh my gosh, he's such a great dude. I see it now. Because it kind of went from literally being in the bathroom and then he was fired after that. And then he just shows up and asks her out. And it was just kind of rushed and kind of weird. So, so I completely agree. And I'll piggyback that. My, my body bag is going to be, they waste a lot of plot line on the weird, like Santa thing at the end and all, and all that stuff. I don't think we needed any of that. I think we need more of like why Zoe Deschanel falls in love with, yeah. uh, with the elf. Yeah. Um, buddy. A thousand percent. I'm going to body bag Santa Claus. Oh. This particular one, Ed Asner, because he's grumpy. No, Ed Asner's uh, Papa Elf. No, no wait, Papa Elf no, Papa is, is Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart, my bad. Bob Newhart's great. By yeah. the way. Uh, I think I, I guess I don't. I don't love this version of Santa. <laughs> I, he plays. I mean, it's, it's it's fine for this role, and I get the I get the reason for him set up. He's here. not jolly enough, right? Yeah, I, th- I think he's just he's a little one dimensional as the cranky Santa. I would like him to be, you know, like. It, when they when they switched the Dumbledore actor from Harry Potter three to Harry Potter four, mm-hmm. it really ruined Dumbledore for me. You mean like when he died and they had to find somebody else? Yeah, exactly. Right. When they did that happened, and I was pissed. Okay, hey, no joke. My uh, my high school that I teach at, they did the uh, there's a a play called uh, Puffs. It's about the Hufflepuffs, and it's just like a, a parody of, of of Harry Potter. And in the play there's a Dumbledore for a while. And then like all of a sudden when it's year three, there's a new Dumbledore. And it's like, if you don't know the joke, it's not uh, like they don't make it, they don't really bring it up, but everybody, as soon as the next Dumbledore is there, everybody starts laughing that knows Harry Potter. So. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just it's classic it's poorly done. So anyway, I don't know. It just, I, I don't, I, I didn't, this wasn't my taste. I don't want an overly jolly Santa, but I wanted a Santa that was a little wiser, a little less flusterable. 
Okay. Yeah. I'm with you on that. What about fake Santa? He was pretty solid. I liked fake Santa a lot. <laughs> that now that Santa I can get behind. Yeah. Well, well, wait, 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 so which one? Um, wait, so it was it was it was already Lang, right? It was already okay. already Lang's original. Say, Sorry. And then Phase on Love is the he plays yeah. the, the second. That's time. right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I swear to God, in my brain right now, I went to Home Alone and was thinking of. Uh, the guy that was uh, oh, fake oh, Santa yeah. that he walks up to is like, I know yeah. you aren't the real Santa you work yeah. for or whatever. And and I thought that was the same movie for a second. Sorry. I just, cause I just saw that recently. How about maybe you'll be dead or whatever he said. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you like to be dead? Okay, it's pretty crazy. My body bag is, and you guys know me, I always have a weird nitpick and my nitpick in this movie is of this movie. And I know it's an absurd movie and there's a lot of silliness in it. I hate when buddy springboards into the tree to put the star up <laughs> it's like it's so dumb it's not even funny it's just like what, what? Oh, this is just like your take you don't like the sleepwalking scene i know uh, i know i always have just a wild like <laughs> this one stands out i just hate the scene every time it's like he just kind of randomly goes and bounces into the tree he doesn't uh, there's no he's not accomplishing no magical move yeah it's just like <laughs> you would think he has something like has he done this before and he just decides i'm just gonna just just and take out the, the tree over, yeah it seemed like that was like maybe will ferrell just like oh this is something stupid to do like let's do this yeah. like it just kind of takes me away from maybe the he wasn't used to the tree not being in the ground like usually he could just jump into the top of and the like tree climb and like up climb up the tree. you felt you felt like that was where your suspension. Was That's given. I was do this. I was in this. Such a Brad. It, take. it does not go with the buddy character whatsoever, and I hate it. And it's my least favorite scene in the whole Broke movie. The whole character arc. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Who else did everybody back? Yeah. So. Well, shit. I guess we're moving on then, folks. Let's go. Crackle Pluto, HBO, Bananame on Crunchyroll, Peacock, Hulu, Disney, Netflix, Doobie, Sling TV, Shudam, Shudder, Fubo. What the fuck is Fubo? Sure, it'll cause a sensation. It's a streaming recommendation. All right, folks, we are streaming recommendations, and I'm going to start this off. I In my uh, shag, I talked about Fish Out of the Water movies. And rather than give you a Christmas movie or something that I dig, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Fish Out of the Water movie. I mentioned Short Circuit, but I'm not going to recommend Short Circuit 1. If you want a movie that has a fish out of the water in New York City, just like we saw with Elf, I'm going to go with Short Circuit 2. Short <laughs> Circuit 2 is where uh, Johnny Five is in Manhattan. He's right there in the thick of things like Buddy the Elf, and he runs into a lot of issues of trust issues and and what's going on, and uh, he gets involved in gangs. He gets involved in a lot of different stuff, and it's a, it's a classic of cinema one of my favorite, like, just comedies. It's got a lot of heart. It's got one of the saddest scenes ever, and uh, it's worth watching. Except you got to rent it. Sorry, folks, that's not on any streaming service right now. So pay your like. I think it's like two forty nine on Amazon. So it's like I one of those like it. bargain bin rentals like, that used to have at Blockbuster. So or at Best Video Kingdom. So if you've got a kid that was super into the Super Mario Brothers movie that came out, you got to put him onto this eight bit Christmas business. It's on yeah. HBO Max. And also, if you are somewhere between 38 and 52, you know what it was like to want a original Super Nintendo or regular Nintendo when you were a kid. And that's what this movie's all about. It's, uh, what's the guy from How I Met Your Mother, the, the Barney character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Neil Patrick Harris? Neil Patrick, Neil Patrick Harris, Harris is Houser. the dad, he's, and he's got, a, he's got a kid that is uh, 
wanting a bunch of stuff and then he tells him the story about how he wanted a Nintendo and tells him and it's like a flashback story to him. It's oh, definitely cool. got a, it's yeah, definitely a throwback really to our cool. movie we're doing next week. It's definitely got a little Christmas story in definitely. it. Definitely. It's, oh, it's solid. It's a lot of fun. Instead of a Red Rider BB gun, he wants a regular, a super, a regular Nintendo, NES, yeah, Nintendo like, NES with like Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what he wants. Not that fucking robot that and there's one rich, gyromite, rich kids had. There's one rich kid down the street that has one, and he like you had the robot. I had the robot. Did you oh, have the power wow. glove? I I didn't have the power glove, but I had the gyromite oh. with the robot, and uh, that was a fucking crazy game, man. It was fun. Showing our parents net worth right now. That's God damn, <laughs> fucking Richie Rich over here. Uh, so I, I I'm gonna I'm thinking of another actor that kind of is outlandish. And gets thrown into a, a holiday movie that isn't sort of right up, you know, where where you would expect, and that's the Grinch who stole Christmas. That, that stole Christmas, Jim Carrey, the Jim Carrey version. So this is one that I think, against all expectations, is also in my conversation for like crass, classic Christmas movies. We, we throw this on, and I think the reason that I have paid it's it. unexpected is because you know the original Grinch story and then cartoon is really good and iconic and the idea that you're going to make a live action version of this immediately seems like it's doomed you know it's going to be doomed and and you know jim carrey is kind of like an actor that's known for his gags and they really work like you know it, it makes the movie better and the comedy sort of is a little bit more adult uh, yes in it do but, your little kids find it a little creepy though I not know. They, they, they like, don't. I think it's okay. funny. Yeah, they like it. And I actually find myself pretty locked in, laugh a lot. And so I would say uh, Jim Carrey and Will Ferrell for me kind of hit similar chords. I'm a much bigger Will Ferrell fan. I would agree. So, yeah. Crazy thing about that is in that movie is Taylor Momsen, yeah. the little girl, yeah. who is the lead singer for a very, very heavy band. Oh, yeah. Um, she sings for um, The Pretty Reckless. You know the, her shtick, right? Her shtick? Like every show she takes her top off. Well, yeah. She usually has yeah. like little pasties <laughs> on or something. Still? It's like, it's like a thing with yeah. her with her band is that like every show at some point she's she flashes. Yeah. Like Which is crazy that picture. little Cindy Who or whatever, or whatever your character is in that is the singer. that And her voice is fucking crazy. But yeah, and I really think they good. like have fans and like they make money. Touring. No, they're a yeah. great band. Whether I she think, shows yeah. her boobs or not, I think people like them. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I mean that in the nicest way. Yeah. Um, uh. I'm going a little bit different. And, and so, you know, a lot of people think of this movie as a must watch holiday movie, which is, I'm not there with that yet. Maybe someday I'll get there. I'll, I'm going to keep trying. I promise, Brad, I will keep trying. But I've decided um, that every year there's a new addition to my rotation, which is, Christmas Vacation, Christmas Story, and this, which is the Ted Lasso Christmas episode. Mm. I've decided I'm going to watch the Ted Lasso Christmas episode every single year because it is just damn good. If you haven't watched Ted Lasso the entire, I mean, please just do yourself a favor and watch it. The Christmas episode stands by itself. It's so great. And uh, I love it. It's so fucking good. Yeah. It's like a fever dream, but it's weird. Yeah. yeah it's... Well, they I, apparently they filmed that and just kind of like didn't really have a, it didn't, because it doesn't move the story at all. It's just kind of no. standalone. They just kind of plugged it in and yeah, it just makes you feel good and it's great. It's the one that I hated, right? The Christmas episode? 
Isn't it the one where like he's like dreaming? It's like the beard's dream. No, 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 no. That's a different uh, episode no. where they do mushrooms. No, that's a different. No, okay, okay. And that episode I actually have skipped when I've done a rewatch on it. The beard episode. Are I haven't. Serious? I haven't rewatched. I thought it was great. I've, I've watched it all the way through, but I haven't rewatched it. And uh, it's incredible. I need to go through it again. It's a so good watch. Yeah. So anyway, it's on Apple. I like that. All right, let's move on. Watch it with the kids. No jet watch for Maverick, Mexta on that goose stick. Iceberg list Titanic, Leo's drawing that nude shit. Jim fucks Nadia like we all thought he should. Ricky and Doughboy get the fuck out the hood. Luke hooks up with Leia just like he's intending. It's time for a reshelf and alternate endings. All right, folks, we are reshelving or alternate ending this movie. <laughs> Endinging. So I think the perfect like reboot slash reshoot of this movie is the office style, like fake mockumentary, like following, like, okay. like this guy shows up in New York city and he thinks he's an elf and they've got like a camera crew that's going to follow him around. We get everybody's reactions as he like goes through all of these different scenarios. Cause I feel like there's probably some pretty hilarious shit that could happen. Which, which character look, keeps looking at the camera and smiling. Like Jim, maybe this the 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 kid that's his buddy. Oh yeah, just like even snarky call. looks at the camera. Yeah. I like Amy Sedaris. She like she's the the secretary of the office. Like uh-huh. she would definitely have some like some funny things did, to talk about. Dude, she's she, so excited. She's always like, super happy. And in her first scene, did she say something about how she's gonna like space some kittens or something? Or like it's like she's on the phone when he's walking up and she's talking about some sort of like. Probably. Yeah, it's some she's, weird she's on some random personal shit. call, yeah. yeah. I mean, she she's probably just kind of like ad-libbing that or whatever. Yeah. I would it, assume. It's kind of weird. So, I've got a reshelf. But real quick though, with Amy Sedaris, she got to reconnect with with Favreau in The Mandalorian. She had a, oh, a right. recurring character on on I think she's been on all three seasons. As my least Strangers with Candy. That's what we know her from. Yes. She's a famous comedian. Go ahead. So, I would want to make this into a dark comedy. Okay. And the way that I do this is we cut off about the first, what, 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So Buddy just shows up, right. right? And we don't know where Buddy came from. And so, and then it's not nearly as like, like it, it's it's sort of lightish, but it's not like gag, played for gags. Like he's sort of a little bit outlandish and quirky and innocent, but like not, not there's not hijinks in the movie, so it's not like a Borat. Like I'm picturing like a Borat. so it's 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 no. like it's not Donnie Darko. It's it's Buddy Barco. Buddy Barco. <laughs> um, and uh, so we go through the whole movie, and it's kind of like you know the same soul story, except a like slightly more somber tone. And we get to the end, and like a, like picture like a little less dark than the Joker. Okay. Like it kind of that same, like, you know, it's not, not like it's not heavy like that exactly through the whole thing, but it's got that melancholy to it and you're never totally sure. And then we get to the end and like the dad, like all of a sudden decides that, you know, we don't see Santa, right? There's the, you know, that part of his case cut out, but and he was actually his kid. Like he, it was the D- DNA showed that he's his kid, it's his kid. Okay. Yeah. So that's and we get to the end and then he finds out he like, he, he begins to believe like, wow, like this, maybe it really is. And then they come and like pick him up because he's been at the insane. He's been escaped from the insane asylum. <laughs> <laughs> and they, and I'm they, glad that's where you went. And both he and the, the and son the, are like losing their minds. Yeah, Zoe Deschanel and the son are all just like heartbroken. 
Damn. And then like it ends with them like going to visit him on Christmas in the like you see him like visiting and he's like him in the I'm now. Buddy the Elf, and but he's, he's still, in like a straight jacket. And, yeah, and yeah, his yeah, cell is all decorated <laughs> yeah, and shit. He has his hat on and everything. It's all decorated with the paper machine. Pour but, syrup in my mouth. But they like they're like celebrating Christmas with him there, so like they still connect with him. But like he's just a crazy person. Actually, I love. That. He doesn't have his elf costume on. He's got all these like scars and shit. Yeah, like, he's just like he's yeah. been yeah. through some shit. Dark. I stabbed a bitch for this candy cane. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's still kind-hearted. He's just he's, he's kind. No, he's still kind-hearted. He's, he's just not, had a rough life. It's just that yeah, it's just that it's not. He's not really an elf, and they're like they he makes them believe, and then then they're like, no. Oh, I didn't even go there with it. So he's actually not an elf. He's just no, no, no. Oh, no he's just yeah. crazy. Yeah. Oh, okay. I like the idea that he is an elf, but he's trapped like to not no, be able no, to be an elf no. because no one believes him. No. <laughs> He's not. Either way, darn <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Fred, That's a different kind of Christmas. I'd, I'd watch that every Christmas. <laughs> I, I, I don't have anything for this. I, I, I yeah. don't want to. I don't want to mess with it. So I, I think I really like it. I think our vampire has got to be. Who's our vampire? I mean, I don't think it's Buddy. I think it's got to be Papa Elf. Like, uh, what's his name's character? Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart. Yeah. Oh, I think no. that. I think it's it's got to be the elves. Are all the elves are, are, yeah, are the vampires? Elves are vampires. So like they're like it turns out that like elves are vampires. Elves. Oh, but I they're like, like they're but they're like slumbering vampires and they get they're really good natured until they exactly. exist. So I like the idea of like Buddy having on such rose colored glasses that he thinks that he just left the North Pole because they were like, Go ahead, buddy. Mm. But then we see a flashback to where they like are actually trying to eat him and he they're has to like run away. Yeah, because they get oh, they, like they want people blood. I actually had that conversation with my, with my wife uh watching this a couple nights ago where I was like does Santa just kind of like, he's like, ah, oh, fuck it. If Buddy gets killed in New York, who gives a fuck? Like, they just kind of let him go. Like, Papa Elf kind of tries to set him up, and I, I know Santa gives him a little bit of advice, but at the same time, yeah. they're sending this absolutely not prepared person to go into New York by himself, and they're just like, eh, fuck it. First, first thing I thought of was, dude, okay, first of all, Christmas is over. What's Santa doing? He can't give him a fucking ride. He can throw him in the sled. <laughs> give him a ride to New York, dude. No. He's got to walk across the fuck from he's the North Pole drinks, all the way dude. down there. He's trying to chill. Yeah, Santa's like, yeah, I'm on vacation. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? He's I'm like, I work one day a year, okay, motherfucker? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not in my contract. <laughs> That's bullshit. It's actually probably a union thing. I, I don't think he it can is, actually yeah, touch it. Union, yeah. Yeah. The elves are yeah. But they, they do hard. just the let the most, fucking hardcore. <laughs> the most like naive person ever down to New York and just let him loose. Yeah. Yep. Just let him, let him go. <laughs> Grow up, little man. He'll be fine. <laughs> I think like they kind of wanted him to. I think they kind of wanted him to die. Santa like, hasn't been hoping that, like, oh, that'll that'll be that problem's out of here, out of sight, out of mind. Well, that checks out. <laughs> he probably thought he was going to die on the fucking iceberg or whatever the hell he took off on. <laughs> well, he, he started on a big one. It actually shrunk down. He barely yeah. had a little bit left when he got off. That's it. Yeah. The, this movie's actually like a big climate change movie. That sneaky global warming movie. <laughs> That's the other. That's the other alternate ending is that he never actually makes it off of the fucking iceberg. He just actually Melts. dies of fucking yeah. drowns. <laughs> he doesn't even drown. I think you could die of like not drinking anything, right? Because all you got is salt water and ice around you. He is just, human. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. He just has a fever dream, and that's all we get to see. And then it goes back to him just dead with like <laughs> maybe the whole movie is just like oh. his like yeah. It's like yeah. his, so his like the whole his dream, and he's actually. In, an, in like a, a mental institution. No, he's about to die. Yeah. Just dying on a oh, fucking, on, a, on an iceberg. Dehydrated and he's yeah. imagining <laughs> what would have happened. That's good. That's good. That's a good alternate. Yep. I will say we went this whole pod without even talking about the, the lingerie, which is still one of the dumbest jokes, <laughs> but such, I mean, for someone special, he knows nothing. He's like, I guess that's what she, and I love when he, when he's holding it and looking at it and rise Amy Sedaris, like she comes in the room, he just 
just lets it go yep. in his lap. It's like, oh, who's that for? It's <laughs> uh, good. I got nothing else. I'm, yeah. I, I, but you know what? I, I am glad that we did this one because I ha- I probably needed to push this back into my rotation. I, I watch it, but it's like one that I probably should put higher on my on my priority list. If you don't put it higher, I mean, you are definitely a cotton-headed ninny muggins. That's for sure. Nice call. I like yeah. that. I don't want you any of you guys to be cotton-headed ninny muggins. Even if you can't have cotton on your head because you're all bald. Well, here, here's the question. What, what is the, like, like, what's the translation of cotton-headed ninny muggins? Like, what, what, what's, the, what's the adult version of Cocksucker? They react like it is. I mean, they I'm react like he's like, he called himself a, a fucking cunt or something. Right? <laughs> yeah. They're just like, oh, shit, he said that? It's like a fucking ass bag. But he does repeat it though. He's like, "No, you're not a cotton-headed ninny muggins." Right. Like, so he, he does. If repeat it was that it. bad, he wouldn't say it again. Yeah, it's like Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of great cussing in Christmas movies, what are we doing next week? Oh, oh you like that segue, motherfucker? <laughs> I think that this one isn't this one yours. It is mine. We're doing my all-time. Just it is top of the pyramid Christmas movie. I have to watch it every year. We're doing a Christmas story. You might you might need to sign sign into Facebook just to go talk shit at those people on the rewatchables oh, that, that talk. I'm gonna shit find those movie. fuckers. Oh. Yeah, we'll do some Jay and Silent Bob. Like, did you say this and this and this about this movie? I have thoughts. Uh, I'm excited. So yeah, we'll talk about that next week. Fuck yeah! Tune in next week. We'll tell all those people on the fucking rewatchables page. Bye bye. Start!